Do you have short-term lets in your portfolio? Are you thinking of getting your hands on one before the new rules come in requiring planning permission and signing up to the registration scheme? If you already have a short-term let, have you stayed in it to understand your guest's experience? Are you aware of the importance of cutting out the online travel agents and increasing your profits through direct bookings? Have you thought about reducing your tax through assessing your SA property for capital allowances? Well, today, my UK property tour continues as I make the short trip from Derby to Nottingham to stay in our own short-term rental and to look into capital allowances and to try and drum up some direct bookings. So stick around to see how it goes. You're listening to Expat Property Story, a podcast in which I share my story to smooth the way for you to have your own Expat Property Story. Hello there. Welcome to episode 133 of my favourite podcast. But I would say that, wouldn't I? Now, there's no need to sell this episode or any other in this mini season of bite-sized podcasts chronicling my UK property tour, as they're all so short that if you do decide it's not for you, it'll probably be over anyway. So I'll just crack on. As a brief reminder, I've come to the UK for several reasons. Firstly, to walk the streets of our new investment area, Derby, and also to stay in two of our properties that we bought back in 2022 with the intention of running as SA. Day three. It's now Monday morning, and after two nights in Derby, today I'm taking the Red Arrow, a direct bus service to Nottingham, to stay at SA1, a former three-bed and now a four-bed semi, just a five-minute walk away from one of the biggest hospitals in the UK. I've decided not to hire a car for the first few days of my UK property tour, as I want to get more of a feel for the place, and I also want to test out the local transport routes. Well, the transport links are all very easy, and in no time at all, I've got from California in Derby to Sherwood in Nottingham, and checked into SA1. It pains me to take the property off the market for a couple of nights, given that it'll just be me staying in a four-bed semi, but I guess it's the equivalent of a chef tasting his dish before placing it on the pass for the head chef to clear for service. This was one of the properties we bought under auction conditions in November 2022, and even today I'm not really sure whether you would describe them as pre- or post-auction purchases. The other property we've also turned into serviced accommodation, and I'll be the very first guest to stay there later in the week, so stay tuned to see how that goes. And if you want to know more about the full story of how we bought these two properties, it's all revealed in episodes 77 to 79. So while one reason for staying at the property was to look at things from a guest's perspective, the second reason was to see if I could make some inroads into direct bookings at the hospital. I've also lined up an appointment with a capital allowances specialist called Arthur Kemp, who arrives about an hour after I arrive and I'll be doing a special episode on capital allowances featuring Arthur at some time in the not-too-distant future, and we'll be going through it all in much more detail then. But for now, I'll leave the short explanation to Government UK, who describe capital allowances as a type of tax relief for businesses. They let you deduct some or all of the value of an item from your profits before you pay tax. For residential property, it's only available for communal areas, so they work best for serviced accommodation rather than HMOs. Anyway, Arthur comes round and takes all the measurements and hundreds of photos, which he takes back to his office to compile a report, which will hopefully provide lots of tax relief. By this time, it's nearly three o'clock, time for me to go to the hospital. 
As I said, the property is just about as close as you can get to one of the biggest hospitals in the UK. Now, as my expert essay guest from episode 80, Mark Simpson, preaches, the key to a successful essay business depends on securing direct bookings so that you don't have to rely on OTAs such as Booking.com or Airbnb and pay them high commissions, which eat into your bottom line. And if you happen to know anyone who might want to stay in our Nottingham essay, then drop me a message via the podcast website, expatpropertystory.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our mailing list, which has lots of free goodies. Anyway, I naively set off for the hospital armed with some business cards I've had knocked up in Hong Kong with a nice picture of one of the four bedrooms on the front and a map on the back showing just how close the property is to the hospital and a QR code for direct bookings. Now, I'll be honest here, when I say it's five minutes to the hospital, what I mean by that is that it's five minutes to the entrance to the hospital campus. But this hospital is huge, enormous, gigantic. My wife is experienced in this kind of thing, and she's coached me. She says it's all about finding the right person to speak to, the decision maker. So I'm walking into the campus and I find a map. On the key to the map, there's an eye for information in a couple of places. So my plan is to go there and say, I've got a property close to the hospital, and I know you must have lots of people who come in here to work on a temporary basis. Who do I need to speak to if I want to create a partnership with the hospital to provide short-term accommodation for healthcare professionals? So I diligently follow the eye for information signs all the way to the final eye, only to find not an office or even a desk or even a person. Just one final I. I've been thinking about this moment for at least a couple of months, ever since I first thought about the idea of coming to the UK to build relationships as we scale our property business. It's not looking good. I don't know who to approach. But I find the courage to stop a nurse in the longest corridor in the world and ask if there's an information office anywhere. She says it depends what it's about, and my courage abandons me. The message I've been hearing from 6,000 miles away is that the health service in the UK is on its knees, understaffed and overworked. I look around for someone else to ask my selfish question about direct bookings for our serviced accommodation house, while these underpaid and overstressed hospital porters, nurses and doctors go about their daily work. But as I often do in mine and my wife's property story, I think about our purpose for building a UK property portfolio which is to stop working for others and to start helping refugees. And for the full version of this, check out my wife's story in episode 124. When it turns out I was wrong about the world's longest corridor, I find myself on an even longer one and pluck up the courage to ask a second healthcare professional. This time, I explain it more confidently. This guy tells me that maybe I should speak to the media and communications department, but that's based on a different campus on the other side of Nottingham. So I go back to the board and see that there's a postgrad building, an estates office, and some kind of accommodation unit. So I start going into them all and delivering my lines. Excuse me, I wonder if you could help me. I'm looking to set up a partnership with the hospital to provide short-term accommodation for people coming to work here on a temporary basis. Do you know who I need to speak to? After trying this at about five or six buildings, I come away with two good leads. One is the email address of the HR department who often hire staff from overseas who need somewhere to stay until they get somewhere more permanent. And then, in the NHS Trust building, 
I speak to a nice woman who tells me about a Facebook group for NHS workers coming to Nottingham temporarily, and they have 7,000 members. Later, I tried to join this Facebook group, but they want an NHS email address as part of the application process. So I leave them a nice note with full transparency about what I'm looking to do, and a day or so later, they come back with a polite rejection. But they do point me in the direction of another Facebook group, which is a kind of buy and sell community for NHS workers. So I apply for this one, which also has an NHS email address requirement. So again, I leave a groveling message for the mods, and this time I'm accepted. So the moral of today's story is the old one of, if at first you don't succeed, just keep trying, because maybe the competition might not. Join me tomorrow as I go back to Derby to meet a couple of investors joint venturing on two side-by-side six-bed HMOs, coincidentally just a few doors down from the short-term let I stayed in the night before last and which I talked about in yesterday's episode. But until then, if you're enjoying this mini-season of diary entries documenting my UK property tour, I'd really appreciate a review, which you can do in the link in the show notes or at expatpropertystory.com. And if you know someone who might like to listen to this or any other episode, then share the show to spread the word. You've been listening to Expat Property Story.